Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. <laughs> and I'm very caffeinated. We just, for those of you playing the home game, we just recorded uh, an episode of Todd's Pick. And uh, now we're, you're listening. This will be the next one, hopefully. And it's my pick. Uh, Todd, yeah. real quick, just, I guess, preview that. What you, you talked about which book? Oh, uh, uh, I talked about Domino. Domino. Uh, by, by Gail Simone. Yeah. So go check out that episode. Uh, in my episode uh, that you're listening to, I'm going to talk about a little book called Local. Wow, we're jumping uh, right into it. There's no caffeine. Right we're it. already caffeinated. We're already caffeinated. We're ready we to miss go. Missed that update. My gunpowder green tea is now cold. I've stopped <laughs> drinking it. Uh, you've probably finished your coffee. And uh, I don't need any more coffee, as you'll probably hear. Um, I'm a little excited. No, yeah, we're going to jump right into it. Please go back, listen to the Domino episode. Uh, you know, because we, we record, for those of you listening, we record these back to back on the same morning, uh, typically. So um, this will be uh, this will be following Todd's episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like not necessarily pump the brakes, but like, you know, let's get, take a breath, you know, uh, All right. breathe yeah. in the funk, push out breathe. the jive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're you're on your way to the co- the local comic store today, and well, you're thinking to yourself, what book should I pick up? And I'm going to tell you, folks, the you're book doing you the want, yeah. <laughs> the book you want in your shelf this week is a little book called Local by Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly. Now, it's uh, it it is a, a one of my favorite um graphic novels, and it is it's 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 written by Brian Wood, illustrated by Ryan Kelly, beautifully illustrated. I'll get into that in a second, and published by Oni Press. Oni, if you don't know, is a Portland-based publisher. They do a lot of cool stuff. I think I've talked about an Oni book or two in the past. If not, I surely will uh, soon because there's a lot of good output from there. And uh, it's worth noting too, and we, we I kind of highlighted this a little bit um, when we were talking about Domino. A lot, of the, a lot of the creators coming out of Portland tend to reference Portland a lot in their work. And it's not, not that that's a bad thing. It's just an interesting observation. You don't really see that a lot. Maybe other than, you know, Stan Lee writing about New York City, you know, and then Jack Kirby and those guys uh, at the time. That's kind of the only other sort of reference where the creators reference their world. Portland, Oregon, and just the Pacific Northwest seems to be a recurring character. Um, I refer to you all to the book Stumptown, which is literally a mystery book about Portland. Um, fantastic little book. I think that's in its third volume, too. Oh, but we're talking. The- that's a uh, ongoing series. <laughs> I think so. I think so. We'll talk about that on another episode. I, I haven't read it, so I don't want to speak too too deeply about it. But local, um, great little graphic novel. It, it was uh, came out in single issues between 2005 and 2008. But I really highly recommend this be consumed as one collected volume. Um, it, it's odd that it did come out in, as single issues in the beginning because I don't. That just wouldn't be as enjoyable. You have to read this start to finish. Um, hardcover edition was, is what I have. And I've got the sort of the, I think the, it doesn't say like, you know, expanded edition or anything, but it's got a lot of really good DVD extras in the back, um, interviews, essays, concept art, uh, a lot of good framing, very similar to, uh, when we review, uh, reviewed vision, uh, a lot of the same, you know, depth of examination of the work. And you just, you, you feel like you really get a sense of the, of the piece afterwards, which Not is to- important. Oh, good. Not to jump too far ahead, but uh, it, it, like the, you have a hardback. Is this has this been recently revisited and republished to memorialize all that, or 
This- you know, I don't know. Oh, okay. um, I, I was kind of looking that up earlier. This was actually given to me as a Christmas gift last year. The published date on this is the first edition of September 2008. So it looks like this came out as the official you know, collected graphic novel. I'm sorry, this is also 2013. So this particular version came out in 2013. But I think this is the official graphic novel. And it just um, you know collected all the single issues. It almost seems like this is what they were aiming for to begin with. And they just had to go through the motions of releasing right. single issues. Um, it's all black and white. I'll get more into that in just a second. And it, it follows 12 interconnected, rather emotional vignettes uh, of a teenage vagabond named Megan. Uh, she sets out from Portland with nothing but a rucksack and a bad case of wanderlust. I'm reading that from the back of the book. And each, each sort of vignette was a single issue, but it's all collected in this volume. Uh, like most of these, I'm going to start with the story first. This is... Uh, highly indie pick, uh, in case it wasn't obvious. And it's like most of the graphic novels I gravitate to. Feels like a fantastic short film. Um, you know, has that sort of quality and vibe to it. Very, uh, the panels look very much like um, storyboards for a oh. for a movie, especially because it's all black and white. Um, so you kind of have that that you know storyboard kind of feel to it. And when you first pop it open and you read it, the, every vignette is centered on Megan's journey as she kind of wanders across the, you know, the country. And each story is in a different city. So the first one is, uh, is Portland. And then it's, you know, I think she gets up to Canada. I think she's in Minnesota at some point. It uh, goes on from there. So when you first, when you first um, sorry, hang on here. When you first start it, it almost feels like I was thrown for a second because the first story is her Portland story. And it, it's kind of, almost kind of reminiscent of a Pulp Fiction story, um, kind of has sort of like, ooh, wow, this is exciting and interesting. And you almost kind of feel like they were going to do that, you know, 48 hours earlier. Motif. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, or, <laughs> and, 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 and after it kind of became clear that wasn't the case, I thought, oh, shoot, am I reading sort of alternate versions of the same event? Because you, you go into the next story and it kind of eerily connects to the first one, but it's different and it wasn't quite clear what they were going for, but uh, it's important to know that this is a linear telling of her journey, just with you know, a, a lot. It, it's jumping forward in time a lot, so you know it's so not you, it's not a pair. Oh, what? Go ahead. So you mean in linear, it's like the every issue follows on to the last one. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you know, one might be a week later, the next one might be you know, a, you know, five months later. Um, gotcha. Not too much time passes between, but it's. I, I bring that up because it, it was a little confusing to me at first to n- kind of know where where they were heading with it. I kind of thought right. this might be a little more fantastical. It's not. It is very much a grounded, um, grounded, very sort of emotional story about this girl and her and her journey. You know, for example, I just I just pulled it up. I'm going to give you a couple of the of the chapter titles and kind of where they exist. The first one is Ten Thousand Thoughts Per Second, and that's the Portland, Oregon first story. Um, then there's Polaroid Boyfriend that takes place in Minneapolis. There's one called uh, Hazardous Youth that takes place in Tempe, Arizona. Um, Bar Crawl, Austin, Texas. And then the last chapter is called The House That Megan Built that takes place in Vermont. So it kind of follows her journey through you know, self-discovery. She's, it's not quite clear how old she is. I'm assuming late teens, early 20s. And um, you know, she's just trying to figure herself out. And it's, it's interesting. I know a lot of people... I like this, you know, a lot of, a lot of young women or, or girls like this, where they just kind of feel not, they feel trapped in this life that they either it has been created for them or that they 
can't seem to escape. And the only thing they can really do is just to get out there, just just not run away so much as just travel, just just get out, see things, make mistakes, try to figure out who they are in this world. Um, uh, where's it going with this? It, <laughs> the, it's the best depiction of confusion uh, of a young woman that I've ever seen. And, and I, I know you're going to have people, you're going to read it and go, oh my God, I went to high school with a girl like this, or, or I know somebody like this, or my cousin is somebody like this. Um, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty profound that way. Well, that brings a, a question to my mind, which is um, as real and liter- literal and linear as this, I mean, is it, sorry, my question is about the literalness of it. Is it, are these places meant to represent like sort of different sides of her character? Is it not even metaphor? It's just literal, like she visits these places and learns something about herself in every place. I think a little of both. I think, okay. I think like in real life, you're shaped by your environment. Um, whether you want it to or not. And that definitely is at play. I think there's, if there is metaphor or symbolism, it's subtle enough where it doesn't get in the way. It doesn't feel like, for example, there's one called um, Food as Substitute. It takes place in Wicker, Wicker Park, Chicago. That setting is, the, is, is, a, is a beautiful setting piece for that, that particular kind of story. I don't think you could do that story as well in Missoula, Montana, where another story occurs. Right. So you know, they pick the settings very specifically to sort of highlight the features of that particular story. And to your point, uh, reinforces you know her mindset or her evolution as a character at any given time. Uh, it is worth noting, though, that each story sort of no story is like the is like what you've seen before. They're all very specifically designed to keep you engaged, to, to show you another you know, slice of her life. And um, where's it going with that? I'm I'm so sorry. I'm trying to like. There's so much to kind of keep track. <laughs> it 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 uh it does take you on her. Uh, you do pieces of the each story do follow through to the end because that ending story really ties it all together. You know, you get a sense of having gone with her on these journeys. You you, you feel like where she is and where she concludes the book. It's very def- definitive. You know, she ends the book in a very sort of like final kind of way. She didn't die. Um, that's not, it's not it. But like she, her emotional journey does come to an end in a very satisfying sort of, you know, conclusive way. And you feel that having seen her through all these different kind of ups and downs and, you know, the monotony of the journey and the excitement of the journey. She, you know, people she meets, how she sees the world through these relationships she has through these, you know, at one point she's needing, you know, she falls in with a guy who's potentially going to rob a, rob a diner, you know, and you're like, what, what's that about? So there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, the art is really worth mentioning. Uh, it's beautiful black and white illustrations. It's over 300 pages. So if they even wanted to color it, that would be a huge undertaking. I'm glad they didn't. Um, right away, the 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 beauty of the black and white is specific enough that you don't need the color. I think too, it's it's worth seeing the world that she goes through in this in this mindset. Not that not that black and white means you know the world is black and white, but it's just it, you pay more attention to the characters and the settings when there's no color than you would have otherwise. Like you're what? you're a little more tuned in, I think, uh, when there's no color in this case. And it looks incredibly detailed. Like as yes. I'm scanning the art, it's not, um, you know, like a comic we did on the show that was all black and white was uh, Punk Rock Jesus, which mm-hmm. was very, very heavily black, like almost this manga feel of, you know, just like a Xerox newsprint kind of thing. But this mm-hmm. is like 
intricately detailed. You know, I'm looking at this one there. It's like the paneling on the wall is drawn, yeah. in, you know. Well, and it's and that was I was going to mention that before. So they meticulously researched all of the cities oh, wow. where these stories occur. So when you see Austin, you the buildings, the architecture, you know, actual things that exist in Austin are there. When you see Missoula, like the Missoula Montana story opens up with her driving on this highway and you see and and I'm almost certain that that highway, that picture exists in the real life and they just they right. replicated it. So there's a lot of research um at play here and i think if you've been to or if you live in any of these places or you know them uh you'll be impressed and satisfied with the depiction of them and yeah the just the way they draw characters every every panel is is considered it's not like there's throwaway panels just to get you through it's every single panel was was really thought through so it is like a storyboard but with incredible amount of detail right um put in and and um, Ryan Kelly just does an, a phenomenal job. I need to go and find out what else he's done because I'm sure I've seen other work and he's just it, just wonderful. They do have uh, in the DVD extra section, they do have the covers that accompanied each each issue and those covers are colored. So it's the same illustration, but you see the color and you kind of get a sense of what the color would be. And it's beautiful, but it's just not necessary. You know, we don't yeah. need it on every every page. Like it's it would almost be, I dare I say, it would be almost be overwhelming if every page and every panel was colored. I think, yeah, you know, you need it to be black and white to, to appreciate the simplicity, you know, the beauty of the, of the illustrations, but also really get kind of tied into the story a little bit, a little bit deeper. And usually, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a stickler about black and white. I don't, I think just as a default, you shouldn't just go there just to go there or because you can't afford to do color. If it satisfies the story, great. And this is definitely a case where that, that happens. I think it also, the black and white nature of it makes it probably one of my favorite two or three rainy day books or, you know, or, uh, you know, snow day books where you're stuck in the house, it's cold outside. You just want to sort of get into a really good story, start to finish. This is, this is definitely one of those books for that purpose. Um, yeah, I don't for say, sure. I don't want to say too much more about the story because, you know, each vignette is very specific to draw out, you know, you know, thoughts insights into her character you, know, you kind of see some of yourself in her as as it goes on which I, i'm sure is necessary so i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much that they're all fantastic not there wasn't a single vignette that was like oh that was you know that's the that's the weak one clearly they you know ran out of steam mm. here they're all incredibly strong which is why you kind of need the collected you know the collected volume because things you'll want to see how how this journey progresses i, I couldn't imagine reading this one month at a time <laughs> yeah, you know, and, or you know, with with a significant amount of space between each reading, you kind of yeah. need to start to finish. It, it really is a novel in that in that respect. Um, probably one of the probably one of the graphic, the truest graphic novels that really does lean on the novel side of it, uh, in the way it's structured, in the the way the story's told, the way the character is developed, and all that. Well, yeah, stuff. you uh, I, you initially confused me when you were uh, calling it a graphic novel, you know, because my my research consisted of uh, typing local Brian Wood into Wikipedia <laughs> and where it's, you know, leans heavily on it being like a limited series and it's 12 issues. And so I, I was thinking like, well, it's, you know, it's more like a, like a trade paperback kind of thing where they've just compiled it. But oh. then, but then with the 12 <laughs> issues, I also thought, well, that's more issues than normal. Does that mean they were shorter? I, I almost had in my mind, like putting these elements together, like Oni press black and white 12 issues i almost had in my mind like they're going to be like mini comics like very mm -hmm. vignettish but to hear you say that it's over 300 pages in this collected hardbound edition is 
no, you're right. Like this is a graphic novel presented in 12 chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. And especially now that I'm like, have uh, searched through the art and stuff like that. Uh, I am with you. I don't see any other way. Like I wouldn't want to have these single issues. This hardbound cover looks amazing. I mean, unless you're just a, a completist and you want to collect the single issues just cause you love it so much. Fine. But don't read it that way. Don't, don't, uh, yeah. don't, don't one shot it. I would say, I would add to this too. If you are looking for a book that really authentically fleshes out what it's like to be a lost young woman trying to find her place in the world. This is it. And it's interesting because, you know, it was written by a man <laughs> and, and that doesn't always connect very well. And in this case, it connects beautifully. Like he really figures, he, he must've known a lot of women like this too, because he's, he nails a lot of the things that I'm like, Oh my God, I know, I know exactly who this person is. I have met this person before. Um, this, I, this, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Cause like oftentimes you, you know, you have these people in your lives. You're like, man, what's, what are they thinking? What are they going through? What's their, what's their journey like? And you almost get to see that through this and kind of understand those, those people even better, but it really does. It's, you know, she's not, she's never a victim, but she's never like so full of agency that, you know, everything goes well for her. You know, she's, it is, it is a true raw look at what it's like to just go off and sort of wander the country and, mm. you know, make, you know, she gets a job, you know, here and there, and then that, that goes poorly. And so she has to move on and, there's kind of a Bruce Banner esque aspect to this, not not in you know not in an adventure kind of way, but she you're just that kind of that lonely wanderer. Um, da- uh, David Banner, probably. David Banner. I'm so, oh, <laughs> was it David Banner in the series? Yeah. Oh my God! How did I forget that? I used to love the Hulk series. Wow. Okay, so the David Banner. <laughs> but you almost like uh, no joke. Like at the end of some of these chapters, you almost kind of hear that dun, 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 that just that Hulk piano sound playing as she walks away. You're just like, oh no! And so you want to see the next chapter. Like where does she wind up next? And again, it could be a couple days later. It could be a couple months later. It's, you know, you never know kind of where they're going to drop you in next or why. And they don't spend a lot of time, you know, explaining how how she got from point A to point B. It's just, you just sort of, you're along for the ride. Like, well, clearly at some point she must've jumped in or something, you know, she met a friend who brought her here. That's not important. It's important that they highlight these specific aspects of her journey. Are there, are there like, um, you know, milestones from her life in terms of, does she talk about graduating from high school at a certain time? You know, do you get a feeling like you had sort of said she's late teens, early twenties, uh, I'm wondering if it's one of those movies where it's like, um, uh, where there's a, like a real landmark event, like there's a graduation in her recent past, and she's hitting the road because she doesn't know what to do next, or you know, parents got divorced or something in this year, and or, you, or that you becomes care? clear by the. So you learn a lot more about those things gotcha. in the last chapter. Oh, the last, and I'll just, I'll, it's not necessarily a spoiler. The last chapter is her confronting her relationship with her mother mm. and it is and by the time she gets there it's like her coming home to do that it has so much more weight when you see everything she's been through and you yeah. get to see from her point of view like justifiably or non-justifiably her decisions and how that plays into that relationship and what how her mother views her or didn't view her and i, I don't want to say too much because there's a l- couple spoilery things in there too but the book well, starts off i mean it starts off with her in a car you know, and they're about to go rob a pharmacy or they're about to go, you know, Uh, so it's like, it's not like, you know, she starts off and she's in her home and you see her running away. Like she's on the road right away and it's like, bang, and you're dropped in, which is why that it was a little, little disorienting because you're like, whoa, is this, 
is this like Pulp Fiction? Are we going to like come back to this? Is you know what? Yeah. And it's not that. And I say that I, I stress that because I don't want people to think as they're reading this that's where it's going. It, it's more satisfying when you know this is just these are linear vignettes, and then you can appreciate it for that. Because um, I'd it, actually go back and reread chapters one and two after I figured out, oh, this is not um, this is not like a Quentin Tarantino movie. This is this is right, right, right. Coming of age story. I would say, um, you know, if you like the movie Nebraska. You know the the indie film from a couple of years ago with uh, uh, Will Forte and Bruce Dern. Like this is very much kind of in that vein. You know, it's a little fun. It's it's there's some comedy, but there's a lot of drama too. Um, and, in, and, and it happens to be black and white as well. So Nebraska, the movie or the film is great. Also, if you like, um, oh shoot, I just had it. <laughs> I apologize, I just had it in here. The movie, uh, the the other graphic novel, uh, The Sculptor by Scott McCloud. Uh, that also is probably a really like if you really like that aesthetic, you like that sort of mm. come not that the sculptor's coming of age, but it has a really clear development of that of the main character that you know you see over a lot of pages. That's a thick book too. Um, just as satisfying. Very much a a true representation of the graphic novel format. Um, but those two things, and then you know, other indie movies like, you know, God, I'll even throw clerks in there. Just any coming of age indie movie. Uh, if you like those, this is this is a really good uh, uh, version of that, just in graphic novel form. Well, and you know, um, your description of it does seem a little bit different than uh, Wikipedia's description, which makes it seem much more vignette-ish. So, if you find a book description of this that seems like it's not a totally connected story, I would say disregard well, it, that because it sounds like it, like I mean, not necessarily. There- that it's connected but it's it resolves the vignettes know. are strong enough on their own mm. we're like let's just say you you only were given issue five um you know the issue five is titled or chapter five in this case is titled the last 10 lonely days at the oxford theater it takes place in halifax nova scotia if you were just given that you could read that and be like oh what a great little mini comic yeah but you, when you see it in context with the other vignettes it all fits together you get a sense of her personality from one to the other and just, and you're, you're like, Oh no, Megan, you made this decision before. Don't make it again. Like that kind of, you get a sense of that. So the through line is way stronger than I think Wikipedia might make it, but they're right. Each vignette does really kind of stand on its own, but it's not like, you know, it's, this isn't, this isn't, um, this isn't uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino is a great, a great example. This isn't like these stories are so specific that, you know, like a character from one might appear in the other and, you know, it's a little sort of uh, Easter egg. It's not like that. It's, it's very much just different fast forwarding chapters of right. her life that stand on their own, but you want to consume as one cohesive piece. Well, and when you had mentioned like black and white indie movies and the description from, you know, that I had read, I was thinking of slackers where it's like, we follow one character, one set of characters for a while. And then when all of a sudden we follow another set and we're waiting for him to, to meet and it never really happens. And so I didn't really know how. It's re- definitely not like that. Was. Yeah. No, it's it's not like that. So one more question. Is it, um, is it specific to a year or a decade or an era or something, or does it kind of work whatever you imagine the era to be? That's a great question. It, it does kind of have a timeless quality to it because when you're on the road, on the run, on, on the run, on the road, and you have just a you know a rucksack with you, like there's only so much you can take with you. You can't really afford you know a cell phone bill necessarily or all these other sort of modern uh, accoutrements. 
Um, like those, so, so you're not like a lot of the, there's not like a lot of heavy handed technology. She's spending a lot of her time and sort of, you know, run down apartments or diners or things that this, this could have easily been a story set in the fifties as it was in 2005. Um, huh. you know, there's not just the off the grid sort of feeling of it. I think can yeah. make it really kind of universal in America, you know, from, I would say from the 1950s onward. Um, and I could see that, you know, this was 10 years ago, almost uh, yeah. now. So it's, I could easily see this story happening literally while we're talking. Like this girl could be in yeah. Manitou Springs right now having one of these vignettes occur. So it's, yeah. I, I really like that. I mean, I, I think it was meant to be, you know, the places depicted and the scenes and you know, all the detail I think was meant to represent the world as it was circa 2005, 2008. Right, right. Um, but that it doesn't have to, it doesn't feel dated in that way. Well, and it's still, uh, there's a, this is a strange observation maybe, but it's still 2005 to 2008 is still pre-smartphone ubiquity, yeah. which almost feels like, <laughs> like ancient times. Oh, <laughs> so, no. You know, I mean, that totally changes the way we see a story now where, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the, I've, I've heard this observation from other people of how many movies plots could now be ruined if if they remade it and people had cell phones mm -hmm. you know where you can just call the person on the plane and say <laughs> this is gonna you know like uh uh you don't understand the i'm sorry i'm thinking of die hard 2 for some reason um <laughs> you're gonna have to land at another airport you'll never be able to land here well, she, I mean, like, but there's a, I'm, I'm flipping through as you say that there's a, I mean, there's a, a page where somebody calls her and she's got an old school answering machine met, you know, answering. Oh, message wow. Machine. And you know, where you press the button, you press erase. And at the same time you go, well, I know a bunch of hipsters now who have those you know, <laughs> so that's, and, and just the way she's kind of leading her life. The aesthetic is sort of, you know, kind of an indie hipstery Maybe. kind of quality to it so it doesn't really feel like oh well that's clearly never going to happen again it's it it just sort of works you know it's uh you know it's always the 90s in portland <laughs> <laughs> there is something to that i mean we talked about that in your episode too that that may be one of those things that just kind of because you're surrounded by this in portland you know even 10 years ago it's it sort of works it's just yeah. the, the nature of it but yeah i yeah. i highly recommend this um uh, I'm for anybody who listens regularly, I'm a sucker for good, uh, you know, female coming of age stories, uh, especially when they're done really, really well. This is, this is definitely one of those, uh, pardon me. Um, you know, there's a kind of one kind of just one more thing. There's a, there's a lot of tangible aspects to it. You know, a lot of Polaroid photos. Um, you just, it, it works. It really works. If you like Nebraska, even if you do, I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Even if you do like sort of the, the vignette storytelling nature of Tarantino movies, um, this does not get, nobody's, you know, nobody's blowing away somebody else just for the fun of it. Nobody's opening up a briefcase with, with gold, you know, some gold shiny thing in it. Nothing like that, but just the nature of those stories, kind of the how they interrelate and how they should sort of show the, the growth of a character at key moments. I think you'll like that. And then again, just great, great indie indie book just to have on your shelf. I yeah, I, I'm so proud to have this one. I, it's one I'm going to come back to probably and reread every year and, and and take something new from it. Yeah, it it looks awesome. So once again, you have burdened my TBR list. <laughs> yeah, um, if I if when whenever I break myself away from sci-fi and superheroes, I have my work cut out for me. A lot of oh, and, and real quick too, uh, digital versus physical. I think this could easily go both ways. Really? I have the, yeah, and it's surprising to hear it's just, to maybe hear that I have the physical version, and it's great. You know, as the as a collectible 
you know, addition, I, I'm glad I do. But the nature of the panels is such that you would have, I mean, it would probably feel more cinematic if you could look at each panel one by one. Um, there are certain, there are certain vignettes, certain stories where you don't necessarily want to have, you know, the page open right next to you and kind of see where it's going. It, it would almost serve you better in some mm -hmm. ways to have the, the single panel view, but that doesn't take anything away from the physical version either. So I, you yeah. know, if you're, if you're interested and you're like, oh, I don't want to invest in something, another thing sitting on my shelf, grab the digital. I think you'll be just as happy, especially because a lot of the, the illustrations, it's, it's so sharp. The black and white is so sharp that it would play really, really nicely on a, on a digital screen too. Well, that's really interesting. I, um, I like to think of those big, uh, you know, black and white graphic novels like, um, uh, I'm thinking of the, uh, oh my gosh, Yoshihiro Tatsumi has a couple that I really like that like sort of old, uh, manga looking ones that are mm -hmm. very stark black and white. Um, and then what's that one I just, uh, just reviewed, uh, um, uh, Mary wept at the, over the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember the author, but you know, it just, I don't know something about that black and white format makes me want to be holding a big physical book. Mm -hmm. um, so that's interesting to note, but I, I get that. Uh, yeah, maybe there's, um, uh, maybe you don't want to be spoiled by those panels ahead. So, and black and white always looks great on a screen. Really? It does. Really? And it, well, it's done really well. Again, this is, it's just so sharp. Um, yeah. Ryan Kelly just did such a guy. I, I don't know how long it must've taken them forever. Uh, yeah. To, to do these because like you know even like there's splash pages there's like a, a later on towards the last chapter there is a beautiful two-page kind of uh, splash page of her sitting at a table uh at her at her old house and it's just like just that picture no words no no thought balloons no word balloons or anything like no lettering just her sitting there and it's just it's beautiful like that just it says everything that you wanted to say and there's so many panels like that just really well considered great detail great character design um yeah pick it up very cool you've outclassed me once again no <laughs> well when uh whenever you uh whenever uh, you the listener that that is uh would like more comics to read more uh picks find us on uh itunes google podcast stitcher any place podcast can be listened to um and or downloaded however you want to do it we are as you surely know by now our name is panelism um we're the only panelism out there you can find us on instagram at panelism.inc and that is also a new domain name so we are also panelism.inc you can just type that into a web browser and go to our website uh so please subscribe uh, we hear that it's good to encourage people to review us. Uh, we don't know any of the benefits or, <laughs> or negative <laughs> benefits of that, uh, whatever the negative benefits are. Um, uh, Suboptimal benefits. I don't know. There you go. Anyway, like we don't know what, that any what happens. So it would be great if you reviewed us, but if you don't have anything good to say, that's fine too. Um, and also share us with your friends. And yeah. we will catch you next week for more picks. See you later. Bye-bye.